I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians in which we are recording today. We are all in different countries, from Nauru land in Queensland to Noongar Buja country in Western Australia to Wurundjeri country of the Kulin Nation in Victoria. I invite you to reflect on the traditional owners of the lands in which you are on and their connection and preservation of this land. I pay my respects to all elders, past, present and emerging, and I extend this respect to all First Nations peoples listening today. I am grateful for the connection to Mother Nature, the spiritual trees, animals and sacred waters. We, as Inco Impactors, are aware that there is only one planet Earth and that everything on this Earth is interconnected. We stand up to protect Australia's natural ecosystem and all nature across this beautiful Earth. Welcome back to Eco Impactors, a podcast brought to you by Orangutan Alliance. My name is Blaine Edwards, and on this podcast, we talk with eco innovators, thought leaders, and change makers who are impacting our planet for the better. If this sounds like you, then feel free to subscribe, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, Eco Impactors. Today, the podcast will be hosted by myself and Amy from Orangutan Alliance. And today we are joined by Lucy, Head of Compliance and Certification at Orangutan Alliance. Lucy, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. I'm excited for this podcast because it's, you know, not all the Orangutan Alliance team, but three of us having a a podcast together. So it's pretty exciting. But to start us off, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your work in certification and your role at OA? Yeah, no worries. So um, I am a cosmetic chemist. Um, I came from a contracting manufacturer where I was working there for about 10 years doing formulating as well as um, certifications, doing um, organics, Cosmos and Leaping Bunny as well. So I was assisting brands in their products. I was doing a lot of export documentation as well so they could get their products exported overseas, Europe, places like that. And I've just come to start working with the Orangutan Alliance, which is really exciting. Um, I, it's really great to be able to use my experience in a purpose company, a, a non-for-profit that will help the environment, something I haven't done before, so it's good. Thanks, Lucy. And so we know that palm oil is the most widely used vegetable oil in the world. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about why it's so commonly used in the food and cosmetics and cleaning industry and maybe let our listeners know how many alternative names there are for palm oil and its derivatives? Yeah, no worries. So palm oil is used extensively because it has a lot of um, short-chain fatty acids. Now, those fatty acids can be used and changed and manipulated to be a lot of different ingredients. Um, Quite often in food, it's not labelled as palm oil. It can come under vegetable oil and other ingredients too. And then when it's changed, it's usually used as things like emulsifiers. It can be under the name... 
vegetable oil, vegetable emulsifiers, and in cosmetics, um, if I give an example of what it's used for in cosmetics. So if we talk about a body lotion that you use, the amount of ingredients that could be palm-derived are basically nearly everything that are the building blocks for the formulation. So you've got your humectants, which is uh, ingredients that make the skin hydrating. That can be glycerin, for example. Um, you've got your emulsifiers. Now, that's one that are heavily used with palm derivatives. So we're talking ceteral glucoside, um, ceteral alcohol, potassium phosphate. There are a lot of ingredients that can be. Um, and then you've also got your oily components and you've got um, preservatives as well, or usually natural preservatives are derived from palm as well. So like glycol and things like that. So it's really hard for consumers to know what ingredients are derived from palm because they're not labelled as palm. Yeah, the issue of it not being labelled as palm oil is a tricky one from a consumer point of view because, you know, you may be aware of the idea that palm oil is harmful to the environment in a range of different ways. But then they go to the shop and it's, it's not the, the products that necessarily showcase i have palm oil so it's, it's hard for them to even make those those decisions um, which complicates this whole process um, but maybe to add to that um, so what can you maybe share why palm oil is potentially an issue for consumers from the point of view um, where i guess that history of that product what are some things that um, some negative things that are linked to um, that product coming into existence that the consumer may not be aware of and something that they probably um, may cause them friction to buy that if they knew about it in the, in the first place, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, so palm oil, the palm oil industry is directly linked to so much deforestation, especially in Indonesian Malaysia areas where it grows. Um, Forest has been cleared and it's affected nearly 200 species of animals. Um, and it's still going. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Even though it's been something that's been highlighted now and it's becoming more clear how much of an issue it is, it's still not fixed. And it's going to take a long time for it to be fixed. Yeah, it's quite frightening when you talk about it like that. <laughs> yeah. But we think about we hear a lot actually about sustainable palm oil and this word mm. in the industry. Um, and I think sometimes that can be greenwashing uh, for consumers uh, on products and things like that. So when we think about this word sustainable palm oil, can you share how, how it's defined and why it's important to look for alternatives to palm oil and derivatives? Yeah, so um, an organisation called the RSPO um, certifies palm as sustainable. When formulating cosmetics, the problem with that is a brand will ask for sustainable palm and then their cosmetic chemist will go to their um, suppliers and say, all right, I want sustainable ingredients and they'll get them. And then the problem we have is that they're not actually sustainable. Um, a lot of the ingredients are certified to mass balance. 
it's a bit confusing, but the RSBO have four different grades of sustainable, sustainable palm. Um, you've got um, identity, identity preserved, segregated, mass balance, and then one that's basically buying credits, I think. Um, majority of the ingredients that we use in cosmetics that I've seen are mass balance. Mass balance is only 50% around there of sustainable, so supposedly certified sustainable palm mixed with non-sustainable sources. So the problem is you've, you've got your cosmetic chemist formulating for a brand saying, yes, I've sourced sustainable palm. And then the brand starts marketing their product as sustainable, but it isn't. Only half of the palm used in the product can be traced. So it's really misleading for consumers when you, they see sustainable palm. Hmm. <laughs> So in terms of alternatives, can you maybe step through what some of those alternatives could be, some alternative palm oil uh, alternatives for consumers? Yeah, so um, when, uh, like if we outline what ingredients can be from palm, you can check the orangutan Ice website as well. Quite a few of them can also be sourced from other plant species, so if you're not using palm, a lot of the other ones can be coconut, rapeseed, flaxseed, soybean, canola. So there's lots of other types of um, plants that can be used for ingredients that are used for palm. And I guess palm's used so much because the industry is so big now and it's so readily available and it's become cheap because they're farming it so much. So that's why it's majority used. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and... Obviously, Orangutan Alliance, we deal with certification. Um, do you believe that this whole certification process is necessary to tackle the palm oil uh, issue? Definitely. Um, the thing about um, certifying palm oil free is that once we do it, the brand has confidence, the consumer has confidence that it is definitely palm oil free. Um, there's issues where, for example, in Australia, um, marketing cosmetic products isn't very regulated. It's not checked, really. Um, so you will have brands saying that their product is palm-free when, in fact, it isn't. Um, so you've got two sides. You've got, obviously, you've got it's not disclosed things are made from palm, but then you've also got brands that are saying it's palm oil free A lot of them could potentially do it because there's no specific palm oil in their product, but they're not considering the derivatives in their ingredients that are made from palm. Um, so certification is really important because it will increase con consumer confidence, increase brand confidence that it is palm-free. Um, it'll put pressure on the industry. If more palm-free is in demand, more alternatives will be found. Mm -hmm. And the role of certification is really important in that. I mean, there's other ones that, like, it's basically where, um, the governing bodies in a country, if where there's no regulation in an area, when you have um, private companies, organisations, not-for-profits creating a certification with standards, that's really where it needs to go. Lucy, you just mentioned that companies may not even be aware that their products contain palm oil derivatives. Maybe they are palm oil free, but they haven't even gone through the derivatives or even thought to look for that. Um, so I think that's a huge gap in the market and 
awareness. Could you share more about that and and why that certification is so important? Because otherwise they won't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is a big, it's, it's a fairly big knowledge gap actually. And um, it's not something that uh, everyone knows about, I guess. Um, like we've had brands come to us to check their products thinking that they've been formulated palm-free and they haven't. They've got ingredients they weren't aware of that were actually derived from palm. And then we've assisted them to find replacements that they can use that are palm-free. Um, we've, you know, you've got uh, some ingredient manufacturers will tell you that this ingredient you're using, say this emulsifier, um, Zotero Olivate and Sorbitan Olivate, so for example, that one is derived from olive oil. And so the cosmetic chemist says, oh, great, that's I can use that one, it's, it's palm-free. But you look a little closer and it's not. The Zotero portion of that ingredient actually was from palm sources and it just wasn't I fully disclosed, I guess. But if you ask the right questions to the raw material manufacturers, then you find out that, yes, it did have palm. So, yes, that is a big area, and that's where Orangutan mm. Alliance can help brands for sure. Mm. Okay, and just to add to that point, so the brands and retailers that do want to kind of get involved in this process, um, what services um, can Orangutan Alliance provide those sorts of people? Yep, so Rangitang Alliance can do ingredient checks on their ingredient lists. We can help them figure out which ingredients are red flags that they should be delving into. Um, we are working on uh, collating an international ingredient database of raw materials that are palm-free that we've checked over and we're sure of, and then that will be offered to brands as well to help them and to formulators. I think that's really important. Um, it's the formulators, like the brand might want to go palm-free, but if their formulators say, oh, too hard, I don't know what the ingredients are, it kind of stops there. And that's where I think this database is going to be really important moving forward to assist those cosmetic chemists in their formulating. Um, additionally, um, Orangutan Alliance, we have infrastructure globally. We have people in different countries. So we certify products in the UK and other places. So um, I guess we're becoming far reaching. And so we are able to help a lot of different brands in different areas. Mm, lovely. And I think the logo is huge as well for transparency to consumers to be able to see the Orangutan Alliance logo and instantly know that that product is certified palm oil free and that you don't have to, like as a consumer, go through all the ingredient list and, and check for those uh, chemicals that we probably wouldn't know of. <laughs> Absolutely, yep. Because yeah. like you mentioned earlier, there seems to be a lot of greyness in this space. Um, and really from a consumer's point of view, consumers don't want to go out of their way to do things that are detrimental to the environment or detrimental to this particular mm. animal it's not like um, we do that we get a kick out of that it's more there there's a lack of awareness or you know if there was a set of if there was a label or certification that was clearly visible that they could see and be like okay this one has gone through this thorough process there is no palm oil it makes that process very easy for them to do the right thing. And I think that's that's what we're kind of working towards is really minimizing the friction between a consumer doing, buying good products that aren't um, harmful to the environment, which is cool. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, Lucy, do you think that there is a demand uh, in the industry to switch to alternatives to palm oil and its derivatives from yeah. your current work? Yeah, definitely. More and more brands have been inquiring about it. Um, even before coming on board with the Orangutan Alliance, when I was working for the contract manufacturer formulating, we were having brands inquire about it too. Um, and it's becoming easier. It still can be difficult to formulate palm-free, but there are ingredients that are coming through as alternatives, which is really great to see. Um, and I think that's just going to continue going. I mean, it's really important that... Uh, we have the demand that will put money into um, innovation and alternatives to palm oil. Yeah. So you, you mentioned mm-hmm. innovation and that there's these new ingredients coming through. Are you maybe able to speak to that or is that all secret, secret kind of <laughs> information? Like what are some of the innovations in this very niche space? Um, I think there's a few things being looked at. So you've got... You've got your, like I spoke about earlier, you've got your obvious um, other oils that can be used to make ingredients and they end up being um, the same. So if you've got, um, so yeah, where you've got um, an ingredient, um, for example, um, caprylic capric triglyceride, if you've got that from palm oil, it's going to, you can get that from coconut and it's going to function exactly the same way. So you've got those. But we've also got um, innovative companies like Revive Eco looking at coffee or waste, which is mm. brilliant, um, making oils from, you know, waste of coffee grounds. And I think there's algae is looking at as well. But we need more uh, consumer demand to drive the innovation so we can get more of these alternatives out there. And I think it's really important to consider sort of spreading the load um, I think if we just have everything manufactured from palm, if we need to spread it out so we've got some coconuts, some rapeseeds, some soybean, just we need more of that happening, even though palm is cheaper, but it's not, it can't continue how it's going mm. really. So, yeah, that's an interesting point. If we, if there are multiple sources for these ingredients, or you know, you have palm or you have these other things that you mentioned. Uh, if we're innovating in those spaces, that's only got to create competition within those spaces as well, which would lead to more innovation and um, yeah. ultimately more value for consumers as well. So even from that perspective, it makes sense to be uh, exploring and innovating in a range of different areas because we just produce more value that way. Um, mm. In my kind of opinion, the way that I think about it. Um, <clears throat> on the alternative, so does that always lead to kind of deforestation? Um, because that is often a, a common perception out there in the community. Can you maybe speak to that, please? Yeah, sure. So um, when we're talking about switching away from palm, a lot of people say, oh, but if you change to coconut, it's going to lead to more deforestation. I think it's not a point of just switching crops. I think it's a point of spreading it around into different crops. So you're spreading a lot. It's not just all on palm. And 
looking at ways to use waste as well, like the coffee is a really great example of that. Um, but I think we don't have all the answer right now. There's no innovation that needs to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the the idea is so this the space is very complex. And yes, I think definitely. there's there's getting a lot more attention in the space as well from like an innovation point of view, um, which is ex exciting. Uh, but that just means that there probably requires a, a little bit of time in order to really turn these innovations into something that is practical and usable um, as well. But yeah, so those are the, the alternatives. Maybe spread it out. We have innovations in coffee. We have innovations in algae, fungi waste. Yeah, because we produce a lot of waste. So if there's some yes. way to repurpose that mm. uh, and then take and, and repurposing coffee waste, take the load off other industries, then that's a good idea. Um, yeah, that's my, my two cents on that one. Mm. And I think price is driving it too. I think palm is so cheap. Um, I think consumers who want to purchase ethically, they're going to pay that bit extra to know that their product is better for the environment. I think that's really important too, because when you're talking about other, other oils to use, yes, they might be slightly more expensive, but the outcome is just better. Mm. But even on the price part, so if we, I know um, Revive Eco, um, mm. they are innovating in um, repurposing coffee waste into m multiple different things. And one is potentially a palm oil alternative. The more um, people that are trying to do a similar thing, the more competition there is in that space, that's only going to drive down the price and then it'll make that switch yeah. a lot more easier. And that's something yeah. that I like to kind of think about when we're talking about all of this is at the end of the day, we, we need to make it needs to make somewhat of economic sense to the consumer um, so that they can, you know, not just purely rely on them doing the right thing, but also it just makes sense financially as well. But in order to drive that price down, we need more people innovating in these spaces. And then we need more people mm. to buy those products, which then creates yeah. demand for them creating those products in the first place. So it's like a two-way thing from the, 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 people making the products and then also the people buying the products we all yeah. play a part we all play a part mm. i think there needs to be demand everywhere and i think more open minds to the alternatives to palm oil because it's been it's literally been what we've known for so long so it's so easy to just continue with that because we've known it for so long um but we know that it's it's unsustainable for the future and for um, animals such as orangutans and it it is not good for climate change. So we all mm. need to open our minds to sustainable options and that, yeah, that innovation. I'm so excited for that. Um, I think that leads us into our final question because we've talked a little bit about the negative impact of palm oil and what consumers can look out for and that certification is so important for transparency and palm oil products. So, yeah, final question to you, Lucy, is where do you hope to see the industry in five to ten years from now? Yeah. 
Wow. Well, it would be amazing to see way more um, alternatives to palm oil ingredients out there, freely available, and the education for the formulators to know what they can use instead of palm. I mean, you'd say ideally, no more disforestation, please. That to stop. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, more transparency. Obviously, I think especially in the food industry, uh, labelling palm oil in the industry, in the food industry, needs to happen so people are aware of it. Or everyone certifying with the orangutan alliance <laughs> so then, we have our logo on so many products and consumers know exactly what they want to get thanks everyone for tuning in if you enjoyed today's episode then feel free to subscribe and we will see you in the next one